We head to all sorts of places on the country. Today it's northern New South Wales, Armidale, where we find Angus Gidley Baird from Rabobank. Uh, he's their uh, global animal proteins sector team leader. No one at Rabobank has a short title. Hey Angus, you were the um, you were the co-author of the latest, or the lead author should I say, of the latest Global Beef Quarterly Report. This is really interesting because beef is really very much a game of two halves at the moment. Good afternoon. From Armidale. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Um, very much a game of two halves or two separate markets almost at play here. We've got What's going on in the North American complex, which is reducing cattle production and very high or high cattle prices and very high beef prices, and then we've got sort of the rest of the world. Um, well, Europe's got some high prices as well, but the, really the rest of the world and New Zealand and Australia are in the same boat. You know, supplying into those Asian markets where demand is soft, and we've got increasing volumes. So, yeah, very, two very different dynamics. Well, okay. Well, let's start with uh, the U.S. market, and we know from talking to our guy over there, Todd Clark, that they're getting record beef prices. Is this just a supply and demand thing? Yes. Yeah. Uh, principally, demand. I mean, demand has been very strong for a couple of years now, um, out the back of COVID, and with all the um, the support that they've they've received. So, demand has been very strong. We are starting to see that weaken a little bit. Um, but it's still strong. They're still playing very high uh, retail prices. Their wholesale prices are very strong. And now we're starting to see the livestock price come up because of that supply contraction um, as, as supply starts to really tighten up. It's dropped, uh, what are we expecting? Um, I think it's 3 and 4% um, that, that we're expecting production to drop there. So that supply is starting to have an impact on, on cattle prices there. So, so the interesting dynamic here in Australasia, if you want, is that here in New Zealand, beef prices are hanging in there relatively much better than, than lamb and mutton. Yes, yeah, and that that is being supported by the US market. The the volumes going into that US market, we, we're starting to see that pick up because their cow kills starting to drop off and those prices that they're paying in the US is helping. It's not, you know, that US import price is not at any sort of record levels, um, but it is still quite strong. Uh, Australia, of course, you're going through a bad drought, an El Nino drought. We know the effect that's having on us here in New Zealand, once again, for lamb and mutton as you flood the market. Is it ditto yeah. for beef? Uh, no, not so much. So, yeah, in terms of our weekly kill, for example, our weekly East Coast cattle kill at the moment is sitting at about um, 30,000 head a week. We can potentially go to 70,000 head a week if we were to really push cattle through the system. So we're not too far above the five-year average. But if you look at our lamb slaughter, we're, we've, we've set the highest volume and we're probably in line for a record lamb slaughter this year. You add our sheep slaughter to that and we're doing... What are we doing? Um, uh, I think it's... Oh, I'll get the number wrong, but what the number that we saw at the end of October was actually the highest number we've seen in about 20 years. So huge volumes of lamb and sheep in the market. At, at the some stage, though, you guys are, you know, are pivoting here, um, Angus, on to, to lamb and mutton because we're interested in that one as well. At some stage in the next year or two, you're going to have to restock... Yeah, well, yes, the, the lamb numbers have increased, and that's partly because the, the flock inventory has increased. We've also seen a change in that composition too. Lamb prices being strong for a number of, no, a number of years now, people have started to move out of that merino, or maybe they had a merino with a terminal sire or a crossbred. Now they're focusing a lot more on prime lamb production. So we may have the same sort of sheep numbers, but higher lamb production potential as a result of the change in that flock composition. But yes, 
I would imagine there's going to be some degree of correction now that we've seen these prices come back down, and, and we're, we're feeling exactly the same thing from a, a sheep and a lamb price point of view. Yeah, hey, Armadale, northern New South Wales, many, many years ago, I took a Riversdale rugby team over there, and we played in Tamworth and Glen Innes, which is near where you are. It's beautiful mm. country, but it, it is prone to dry. How dry is it at the moment? Yeah, it's it's very dry. Well, actually, my job's a little bit easier because it has rained in the last couple of weeks, so that's that's given everyone a little bit of a shot of confidence but yeah they've they've received very little rain this year um sort of since i suppose about that february march period it just hasn't really rained much at all and when you hear them talking about their their rainfall they've received to date compared to averages they're below some of them are below halfway uh in terms of their annual average and we're almost at the end of the year so very dry but the last couple of weeks have seen um, some good showers up here and we've actually seen lamb prices and cattle prices all start to lift in the last couple of weeks. It's just off the back of that improved producer sentiment. On that positive note, we'll leave you. Angus Gidley Baird from Rabobank, lead author of that Global Beef Quarterly. You can read all about it on the Rabobank website, rabobank.co.nz. Have a good day in Armidale. Thanks, Jamie. All the best.